Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, False Prevention for Older Adults. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on February 13th, 2019. In this podcast, Priscilla Gazarian, a registered nurse at Brigham and Women's Hospital, provides an overview of the strategies to reduce injuries and develop confidence in elders, or the STRIDE study. Dr. David Rubin, Chief of Geriatrics at the University of California, also provides a summary of the results of this study. Yes, I'm going to provide an overview of the STRIDE study, which applies much of the evidence that has already been reviewed by Dr. Rubin and Dr. Lathan. Next slide, please. The Strategies to Reduce Injuries and Develop Confidence in Elders, or the STRIDE study, was funded by the Patient-Centered Outcomes Research Institute and the National Institute on Aging. The principal investigators are Dr. Shalanda Basin, Dr. Tom Gill, and Dr. David Rubin. And the coordinating center was housed at Hale, uh, Yale University. Next slide, please. Um, the research question for this study was, can redesigning medical practices and engaging care recipients to improve quality, reduce serious falls-related injuries, and improve other outcomes? Next slide, please. <clears throat> the study was a randomized pragmatic trial. 5,451 participants were recruited from 86 practices from within 10 health systems across the United States. They were followed for between 22 to 44 months, depending on their enrollment date. And the study participants included persons living in the community who were 70 years of age or older and who had one or more risk factors for falls. These risk factors, um, Dr. Rubin already mentioned how he uses them in his practice and include asking, has the person fallen and hurt themselves in the past year? Have they fallen two or more times in the past year? Or do they have a fear of falling because of balance or gait problems? Next slide, please. <clears throat> the chronic care model supports how the STRIDE study was implemented. Now, the chronic care model is designed to improve patient health outcomes by changing the way care is delivered. And it is designed to accomplish this through multidimensional solutions to complex problems, such as falls, by addressing healthcare system improvement at multiple levels, the community, the health system, and the individual, encouraging the reorganization of primary care practice, and importantly, promoting the transition to proactive health instead of reactive health. In the STRIDE study, this included working with the community to identify resources to meet the needs of persons at risk for falls, working within the health system to help persons develop improved self-management skills, such as techniques of motivational interviewing, integrating the role of the nurse falls care manager into the delivery of health services, providing decision support, and leveraging information system. And these elements are all designed to work together to pr produce informed and activated persons and a prepared, proactive practice team that ultimately strengthens the provider-patient relationship and improves health outcomes. 
Next slide, please. Components of the STRIDE intervention included a co-management model of care delivery, decision support algorithms, software that, was, um, that supported documentation of care plans, and this was created for the STRIDE intervention and allowed a standardized visit note to be generated based on assessment findings along with evidence-based recommended care plans consistent with the STRIDE protocols. The use of self-management support to improve consumer and caregiver engagement and activation and linkage to community-based resources. On the following slides, I'll describe these components in greater detail. <clears throat> so co-management is defined as two or more healthcare providers jointly managing an individual's medical care to achieve the best quality and outcomes. This can include a physician specialist and a physician generalist working together, or it may include other healthcare professionals and a physician generalist. There's a good body of evidence that shows that co-management models can have great results for patients. In fact, it can double the rates of individuals receiving the recommended assessments and care for falls prevention. And in addition to fall prevention, Co-management um, provides strong evidence. There's strong evidence that co-management can decrease um, hemoglobin A1C levels, systolic blood pressure, and cholesterol levels. Next slide, please. In the STRIDE study, uh, co-management was operationalized with a nurse falls care manager and a primary care provider jointly managing the individual's medical care specifically around um, fall management. The nurse's responsibilities include conducting a risk assessment, engaging the participant in self-management, co-creating a fall injury prevention plan with the individual, obtaining care plan approval from the primary care provider, directly implementing recommendations that fall within the nurse's independent practice, such as a home safety assessment and health teaching, and then communicating additional recommendations to the primary care provider, such as the need for medication changes. As we already heard, medications like benzodiazepines put the, patient, the person at high risk for falls. And lastly, uh, the falls care managers monitored and supported the individual's progress, including revi revising the care plan as necessary. Next slide, please. Some of the key processes that were used for reducing falls um, in the STRIDE study included information gathering or risk assessment, engagement in self-management, a person-centered care plan formation, a person-centered care plan implementation over time, and monitoring and revision of that plan. On the following slides, I'll provide more detail on these processes. In terms of information gathering, <clears throat> which was a central process that the nurse falls care managers used, the intent was to identify the specific risk factors for falls and to motivate the participant to take actions to reduce those risk factors. 
The approach begins with scheduling an initial visit and mailing the participant a pre-visit questionnaire and a home safety checklist. Then a pre-visit telephone call is conducted by the nurse. Next, an initial visit occurs where the nurse falls care manager reviews the pre-visit questionnaire and the home safety checklist, and then conducts a focused physical exam, including mental status and strength, gait, and balance assessment. Next slide. Another key process was um, engaging the person um, to develop more self-management behaviors. <clears throat> this begins with risk factor identification that's linked to evidence-based intervention algorithms. The person at risk is engaged in self-management with strategies such as collaborative goal setting, and the nurse uses motivational interviewing strategies. Motivational interviewing strategies may include things like asking permission before providing advice and affirming, supporting, and emphasizing the individual's autonomy and choice. So as Nancy spoke of earlier, helping the patient to identify one or two areas of priority that they can work on, and then over time modifying that plan as each success builds on a new success. <clears throat> These activities lead to the drafting of an initial care plan that's been co-created between the nurse, falls care manager, and the patient. Next slide, please. Um, decision support for the falls care manager includes evidence-based intervention algorithms. And this, what you're seeing on the slide here, is an example of an algorithm that helps the falls care manager generate specific recommendations. And this algorithm is for the risk factor of postural hypertension. I'm not sure how well you can read it, but um, in a nutshell, if the individual's blood pressure, um, for instance, does not drop more than 20 millimeters of mercury and their blood pressure, systolic blood pressure remains above 90, but the patient complains of dizziness on standing up, this will trigger the nurse to provide education for behavior changes, such as perhaps getting elastic stockings or increasing fluid intake or rising slowly when changing positions. However, if there is a more than a 20 millimeter drop in systolic blood pressure, then the algorithm directs the nurse to notify the um, PCP so that an evaluation for conditions like dehydration can be um, reviewed and the nurse would also provide um, education for behavioral changes here as well. And so for each of the risk factors, um, assessed by the nurse, an algorithm such as this provided decision support uh, for uh, evidence-based interventions. Next slide, please. During care plan formation, the nurse falls care manager works with the participant to identify risk factors. That key here is what the participant wants to work on first. So for instance, the patient may, person may choose to start an exercise program and modify their footwear, but they're not quite ready to remove the home safety risks. So for the risk factors that the participant does choose to prioritize, a care plan would be created, and the care plan would include the next steps. 
to be taken and who is responsible for completing that step in a timeline. So for instance, the Nurse Falls Care Manager might be responsible for sending the person a list of exercise programs in the area, and then the person would be responsible for choosing the exercise program that is um, most amenable to them. Once the care plan is written together, the person and the nurse's, Nurse Falls Care Manager, it's reviewed by the primary care physician and documented in the electronic health record. Next slide, please. After the care plan formation and approval, we move into implementing the care plan. The nurse falls care manager, again, uh, uses information, uh, motivational interviewing to support ongoing behavior changes, and then uh, can directly implement patient education and other non-medical recommendations, including some standing orders and referrals. Um, the PCP manages any needed medication changes or requests for other referrals or tests. Next slide, please. <clears throat> Key to the successful implementation is an understanding of resources both within the health system and outside the health system. It's necessary to understand who is available um, to support key aspects of the intervention, such as spe specialists, such as perhaps somebody who is a specialist in managing um, dizziness. Um, who are the outpatient physical therapists, for instance, who are familiar with the Otago, Otago program? <clears throat> and who are the home health providers who um, can champion the interventions um, that we're requesting? And then outside the health system, understanding the community-based programs, such as who's offering um, Tai Chi in the community, and where are resources that can be used for um, providing uh, persons with home modifications, transportation support, or for not financial support. Next slide, please. Finally, the Nurse Falls Care Manager provides ongoing monitoring and revision of the care plan. Regular follow-up visits are scheduled. Sometimes they can take place over the phone, where a reassessment of risk factors is completed and a revision of the care plan according to the patient's individual priorities is conducted. And I'll turn it over to uh, Dr. Rubin. Great. Thank you, Priscilla. Uh, so, uh, wrapping this uh, section up, uh, the, the first thing I'd like to say is that many, uh, maybe most falls are preventable. Not all falls are preventable uh, as, as, as much as we try. The quality of care provided to prevent falls currently remains poor, but there are, is hope on the horizon. Uh, Co-management is a strategy that may improve uh, the quality of care for falls. Uh, once uh, falls risks are identified, persons at risk can be engaged in self-management of risk. We didn't have enough time to present some of the, uh, the specific data, but uh, the, uh, in the STRIDE trial, uh, patients were able to select, uh, participants were able to uh, select risk factors that they wanted to work on, and then what they were willing to act on. 
and the three categories of, of um, recommendations that they were willing to prioritize, uh, select, and uh, work on were straight gate and balance, uh, which, as Nancy indicated, was probably the most powerful uh, risk uh, um, intervention we can do, uh, osteoporosis, which is also exceptionally important, and, and visual impairment. Uh, we're having more difficulty getting people to give up their benzodiazepines, but some do. The results of the STRIDE study will, are expected uh, a little more than a year from now. We're still uh, uh, adjudicating outcomes and getting data from uh, Medicare uh, on serious falls-related injury. Uh, and I'd like to quote, uh, end with a quote uh, from one of my favorite authors, E.B. White, the author of Charlotte's Web and Strunk and White. Uh, he was writing a letter to one of his friends uh, late in his life. He said, stay on your feet. It's the place. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes a full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated and coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.